tonight on NJ Spotlight News. Off to the races. With over 23,000 in-person votes already cast and only one week to go, candidates are ramping up their message. We can expect even more of the hot button issue stuff going on while you're trying to drive your voters to come out and vote. Also, abortion rights taking center stage this election cycle as Democrats are trying to avoid any threat of a red wave. One of the reasons you're hearing about it is because it gets Democratic voters to the polls, right? So apparently no issue other than abortion moves Democrats like this. Plus, searching for peace. Tensions in Teaneck are on the rise over the escalating Israel-Hamas war, forcing the town to pass a peace and unity resolution. That there are many residents in the community that don't feel that this council cares about them. This resolution, while it may not be perfect to some, will hopefully start that healing process. And addressing homelessness. Without money where our mouth is. Atlantic City officials announced the creation of a group to connect the unhoused with essential services. NJ Spotlight News begins right now. Funding for NJ Spotlight News provided by the members of the New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. And Orsted, committed to the creation of a new long-term, sustainable, clean energy future for New Jersey. From NJPBS, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venosi. Hello and thanks for joining us this Tuesday. I'm Raven Santana in for Brianna Venosi. We are just a week away from Election Day, but hundreds of thousands of votes have already been cast via mail or through early in-person voting here in Jersey. And this year, it's more of a culture war than a campaign war, especially in hotly contested districts. When it comes to hot-button issues like abortion and parental rights, Democrats are wasting no time capitalizing on the issues in hopes of avoiding a red wave. But will it be enough? Senior political correspondent David Cruz has more on what races to watch. Sure, Election Day proper is next Tuesday, but we've been voting for weeks now in New Jersey. And finally, the Republicans appear to be catching up on this. GOP Chairman Bob Hugan says he's not a big fan of early voting, but as in Rome... When in Jersey, it denies the voter the opportunity to make fully formed decisions and vote for the best candidate. But that could be the very reason why these campaigns feel like they start earlier and earlier. Almost 400,000 votes have already been cast via mail or by early voting, and those early birds had already been getting the message. And in the districts expected to be the most competitive, that is the 3rd, 4th, 11th, and 16th, the message has stoked the flame of hot-button issues. True. Moriarty voted for a radical law that prohibits parents from being told when their five-year-old wants to change their name or their gender in school. Durr even endorsed the idea of spaying women like dogs. My generation fought for Roe v. Wade. Almost all the campaigns start off by saying it's about affordability, stupid. But affordability is not what's driving voters in what the political class likes to call low turnout elections. Analyst Micah Rasmussen has paid attention to all the noise all summer, so you didn't have to. 
in this final week of election season, he says expect more of what you've been seeing. You want to remind them of everything you've said over the course of the last six or eight weeks um, and say, see, if you care about parental notification, you need to show up. Or if you care about abortion rights, you need to show up. Those that uh, haven't uh, kicked into the vote by mail process, you know, we go after them in the uh, the early voting at the polls, but we still continue to chase vote by mails all the way through Election Day. Still, money is key, and new data from the Election Law Enforcement Commission show all four of the races we're watching made the list of most expensive, with independent expenditure groups in the 11th district alone expected to spend upwards of $9 million. That's where relative newcomer Republican Steve Denistria is challenging incumbent Vin Gopal. I've seen the ads attacking him. They're full of They're all lies. Are you serious? Don't get me started. In South Jersey, where Republicans have been making inroads, the talk of late is about phantom candidates. They claim this guy, Giuseppe Costanzo, may be a real person, but he's not a real candidate. They claim his campaign is a creation of South Jersey Democrats intended to siphon votes from Republican Chris Del Borello. Chairman Hugan says that's probably illegal. You cannot have a fake candidate out there uh, taking money from the outside. That's coordination when you don't want a campaign. There's potentially very significant illegal things going on that have to be examined now. And there's been some discussion as to whether or not somebody is 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 entering the race in good faith and putting their ballot their 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 uh, their name on the ballot in good faith. The problem is we can't really define good faith. Generally, that's left to the voters, who are increasingly forced to wade through political muck and mire in order to figure it out, which leaves a lot of them just deciding to stay home even if Election Day lasts a whole month. I'm David Cruz, NJ Spotlight News. Not only are we tracking the highly contested legislative districts across the state, we are also looking at the issues that are driving voters to the polls. Yesterday, we focused on parental rights. Today, it is abortion and women's reproductive rights. Since Roe was overturned more than a year ago, Governor Murphy has made reproductive rights a priority, declaring the state a safe haven for women. And now Democrats are capitalizing on the issue, telling residents that a vote for Republicans could erode the reproductive rights now codified as law in New Jersey. To break it all down, healthcare reporter Lilo Staten joins me. So Lilo, why is abortion or women's reproductive rights mm -hmm. such a big issue factoring in this election here in the state? Well, it is kind of a surprise, right? Because we believe, or it seems that this is a settled issue, right? One would think in New Jersey we have abortion is protected yes. in law, it's protected in the Constitution, um, insurance is supposed to pay for it. There are lots of reasons to think this is a safe right. Well. Democrats are really using this issue, right? One of the reasons you're hearing about it is because it gets Democratic voters to the polls, right? So apparently no issue other than abortion moves Democrats like this. So part of it is just big, big GOTV um, effort. But I, you know, there's also some suggestion in while Republicans are generally kind of ignoring this issue or conceding that it's settled, I think there's, they're also like sort of planting some seeds that suggest they might try to tinker around the edges, right? So there are things they could do. So it might change or they might try to change it as going forward. Well, you kind of touched on this. We know that Jersey is undeniably a blue state, right? According to a poll in February, 
uh, Monmouth poll in February, 62% of people here in Jersey identify as pro-choice, right. right? So are Democrats doing a good job when it comes to really convincing voters to go to the polls to vote? Well, I guess, you know, we'll have to see right. how that comes out. Um, early voting's just starting. Um, so I think, you know, still to be TBD, right. but um, it's definitely catching people's attention, right? They have these ads with like, you know, warning, Texas style abortion bans coming to New <laughs> Jersey. So, you know, and you know, maps of Texas and lots of flames and like the end of the world messaging. Um, and this is, I mean, I'm not trying to, to belittle this issue. It's a huge issue. It's really important to voters. It's really important to women. We're of course not just talking about abortion. We're talking about, you know, access to Planned Parenthoods where you can get cancer screen birth control, all kinds of other things. And, you know, there is a history, as Democrats are pointing out, that even if the, it's protected, Governor Murphy said, you know, he reminded people recently that, you know, under Chris Christie, they defunded certain programs. Right. So, you know, there are ways Republicans could make change um, if they're elected in a majority and actually have control. A lot of ifs there, but. Well, is that the counterattack? Yeah, I mean, some of the counterattack is actually like, don't bother with that. We've got other issues. And okay. to Republicans' credit, they've really been able to use this issue of parental notification, particularly in schools. I mean, do you think that this is the issue that could win that red wave? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like, you know, they... The, the whole affordability, how much it costs to live in New Jersey, property mm -hmm. taxes are always those sort of perennial things. Polling has also shown more interest than some of us suspected behind this parental rights, parental notification issue. That issue is definitely going to move voters um, on the Republican side. Well, we will see what happens. I'm ready for those campaigns. Yeah. Those ads. Yeah, those ads. <laughs> There's there, there, something. Yeah. <laughs> Lilo Stanton, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Raven. And for which candidate is running in your district and where you can vote, head to njspotlightnews.org and click on the NJ Decides 2023 tab for all your election needs. And make sure you join us right here next Tuesday, November 7th for live election night coverage. Beginning with David Cruz at 8 p.m. and Brianna Venosi and a team of reporters and analysts starting at 9 p.m. War continues to wage in Gaza as Israel continues its ground campaign and tries to rescue hostages. One was rescued overnight. The latest Israeli strike rocked a refugee camp in northern Gaza. Israeli officials saying the strike killed a senior Hamas commander. As of Monday, more than 8,000 Palestinians and 1,400 Israelis have been killed in the fighting, according to the United Nations. The fighting abroad continues to stoke tensions and security concerns in American communities. FBI Director Christopher Wray told Congress today the war is raising the risk of terrorist attacks against the United States, while also fueling a surge in domestic incidents of hate against Jews and Muslims. Across New Jersey, there are ties to both sides of the war, and local leaders are struggling to keep their communities united. The struggle was on display in Teaneck Monday night, where the mayor and council held a special meeting to pass a resolution in support of Israeli and Palestinian victims, two weeks after passing a resolution condemning Hamas and supporting the Israeli government sparked protest. Brenda Flanagan reports. Two things can be true at the same time. 
Councilwoman Denise Belcher explained Teaneck's so-called peace and unity resolution passed unanimously Monday night recognizes grievances on both sides of the Israel-Hamas war. It also aims to heal deep cultural divisions that have torn this diverse township apart. Angry protesters demonstrated October 17th when the council voted to denounce Hamas and supported Israel's right to defend itself, but postponed a vote on this peace and unity measure, angering the town's Palestinian and Muslim community. Members assured residents they know the entire town is hurting. I have compassion for the Israeli mother who is praying for the return of her family, and I have compassion for the Palestinian mother who's trying to keep her child alive. I recognize that there are many residents in the community that don't feel that this council cares about them. This resolution, while it may not be perfect to some, will hopefully start that healing process. The resolution seeks to mend the rift by declaring zero tolerance for terrorism and hate crimes, supporting a humanitarian solution to minimize the loss of innocent lives, and calling for the safe return of all hostages. It also promises to keep residents safe in the wake of increased hate crimes, but it fails to note the number of lives lost in Gaza, and that drew angry public comments. Frankly, this is disgusting, shocking, and humiliating. You are directly giving a message that Palestinian lives do not matter, and as elected officials, you are in breach of your duty. As elected officials, you had one job to do, one for all the people of Teaneck, and you refused to pass both resolutions at the same time. Several speakers via Zoom described heightened fears and refused to turn on cameras or give their addresses. The Islamophobia that's been spread and I personally have felt it. I do not feel safe in Teaneck. I do not let my daughter walk on her own. I don't think anybody in Teaneck supports Hamas. But nobody is condemning the people yelling free Palestine and perpetuating violence. No one is condemning the people being bussed in from outside communities. Last week in Englewood, we saw six people arrested from four different towns that weren't from Englewood who came to demonstrate and cause violence and destruction. In response, Teaneck closed its library and parking lot and asked folks to stay home, conducting this meeting via Zoom. A small group of pro-Palestinian protesters did gather outside. We out here on the outside. We don't know what's happening. You're just here trying to protest against it and whatever they're voting on. The crowd dispersed after about an hour. I want to thank everyone who stayed home. Um, I know it felt a little bit like our town was under siege. I hope that this will lead to the end of outside um, agitators coming into our town and drowning out our voices with their chants. But sharp disagreements remain among Teaneck residents. And I can dumb Zionism. I can say that. And it always will be a free Palestine and from the river to the sea. Let me unequivocally say that my opinion as an individual is that from river to sea is hate speech. As we talk about peace and unity, genocide has no place under peace. Several observed it will take more than local resolutions to mend this conflict. In Teaneck, I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News. Following a two-decade effort to improve New Jersey's child welfare system, 
A final report by the Center for the Study of Social Policy declared a successful victory in the federal lawsuit Charlie and Nadine H. v. Murphy. Two siblings that alleged that DIFAS failed to protect them from abuse, failed to provide them with services such as medical care, and failed to provide DIFAS caseworkers with adequate resources and training. The plaintiffs claim these actions violated federal common law and federal statutes. The state was appointed a federal monitor with the mission to enhance its child welfare policies and programs into compliance with the goal of creating a system that keeps children safe, healthy, and connected. So how exactly did they do it and why did it take two decades? To answer that and more, I'm joined by Christine norbutt Breyer, Commissioner of the New Jersey Department of Children and Families. Christine, tell us, what did this final report reveal? Um, I think the final report revealed that New Jersey is a system that has significantly reformed and transformed from where we were 20 years ago when the lawsuit started. You know, what are some concrete examples of how DCF changed its practices to help improve family outcomes? I think it's changed over time. And so, you know, very early on in the lawsuit or, you know, under this consent decree, we were looking at things like increasing the number of caseload carrying staff that we had and um, having to recruit for more foster parents and um, changing the structure of our offices and the various position types that were available to provide services to children and families across the state. We really built out a structure that allowed us then to focus more on the qualitative work and really getting quality outcomes for kids and families. So when we think about, you know, the goal of DCF is to reunite families. And this report yeah. revealed an improved plan to do so. So talk about those changes. I think that's what's really key when I when I really look at this report. Yeah. So the goal of DCF is to keep children safe, healthy, and connected to their family and to their communities. And so what we have been working on is the fact that when children do have to come into foster care uh, for their own safety, that it is time limited, that we are able to keep them connected to relatives and friends, so that they can re reduce the trauma that they experience in foster care and working then with families, with parents, to be able to provide them the necessary supports and services that they need to be able to have their children reunited with them quickly. And that really is how we're orienting the department focusing a lot on prevention services, both primary prevention and tertiary, tertiary prevention, in order to help support families early in their community so that they never become a call to the child abuse and neglect hotline. What measures have been put in place to prevent that from ever happening again and to ensure that long-term safety? The structure of the system has changed. We built out a whole children's system of care, which is around um, mental health and behavioral health needs for children, so that children who need those services, their families don't have to become an open child welfare case in order to access those services. So I think that also is, has been a big change since the start of our reform effort. So families can get those supports that they need 
without having to call the hotline or becoming a call to the hotline. So we've been able to really shrink the number of children who are receiving services through traditional child welfare. Christine, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. In our spotlight on Business Report tonight, a massive recall of eye drops sold over the counter around the country after it was discovered they may be tainted with bacteria that can cause infection or even blindness. As of Monday, the FDA has issued the warning for 27 products sold by seven brands, including CVS, Rite Aid, Target and Walmart. The problem stems from a single manufacturer where unsanitary conditions allowed harmful bacteria to spread and contaminate the eye drop solution. Tainted eye drops are especially worrisome because drugs applied to the eye bypass some of our body's natural defenses, according to the FDA. CVS, Rite Aid, Target and Walmart are already pulling the products from their shelves, but products branded Leader, Rugby and Velocity may still be available online and should be avoided. Turning to Wall Street, here's a look at where the markets close for the day. Support for the Business Report provided by the New Jersey Tourism Industry Association. NJTIA will host their New Jersey Conference on Tourism November 30th through December 1st at Resorts Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. NJTIA.org for event information. Atlantic City has been working to deal with the city's homeless crisis with the creation of a new department, the Boardwalk Improvement Group, also known as BIG. It's focused on working with individuals sleeping and loitering around Atlantic City's boardwalk and beaches and connecting them with social workers and addiction recovery specialists and other resources and services. The mayor and advocate shared with me the city's recent accomplishments in homeless outreach and how they're expanding the program. This corridor right here, if we wasn't out here, we'll be littered with people loitering and doing other things. Atlantic Avenue has been a tragedy. In the shadows of Atlantic City's flashy casinos and bustling boardwalk, a crisis has been festering for years, homelessness. According to a point in time count of homelessness in Atlanta County by Monarch Housing Associates, about 274,534 people live in Atlanta County and 12.71% of the county's residents live below the poverty line. There are 291 homeless people in Atlantic City and 86.1% of Atlanta County's homeless population is in AC. So on behalf of the great city of Atlantic City, I'm going to tell the residents continue to be patient and, and know that this is a top priority for the small administration to make Atlantic City as clean and safe as it possibly can be. In an effort to address homelessness concerns and individuals dealing with drug addiction, the city partnered with the state of New Jersey and Atlantic City Casino Association to form the Boardwalk Improvement Group, also known as BIG. We put our money where our mouth is. We hired professional personnel uh, highly qualified people who you're going to hear their resume to deal with the homeless and drug addiction issues in Atlantic City. The mayor says the group was formed through a joint effort between many departments and it's the first of its kind initiative in Atlantic City. During a press event, the city announced it recently hired several employees, including social workers and an addiction recovery specialist to help connect homeless individuals with resources and services. Since I've been here for the last two months, we've uh, taken 10 persons off the streets, got them apartments, 
So we are working hard day by day to make sure that we see persons who want to be helped. The group was established earlier this year and continues to grow. Joya Banks is also a new addition to the group as one of its social workers. Banks says the pandemic exacerbated the homeless crisis. I'm trying to now get people that were in housing back into housing, but of course, you know, it's just been difficult since COVID because the rents have increased and people are unable to afford rent today. You know, I mean, a lot of people out here, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't want to be in this situation, you know what I mean? I know yeah, you guys say help, that there's help available and stuff like that, but it's not as easy as you think. Like, for, like for example, I came here three days ago trying to go to rehab, okay? And it's like, I'm just because I'm on methadone for 110 milligrams in a program I went to before, won't send my dosing sheet over. It's like, there's three rehabs in the state that would accept me. So it's like, you know what I mean? They, it's just like, you try to do the right thing and they make you jump through like 20 hurdles. Business owners I spoke with say the city's homeless crisis is now impacting their livelihood. I want these guys to find place to live because every time they're out there, no customers come to the shop because so much afraid. I can't even bring my kids to the shop. It's very, very dangerous. Our children, the customer afraid to come and buy because they're afraid of the people that are sitting on the streets. They're afraid of the drugs. They're afraid of the ammunition. We don't need that. We need the street to be cleaner. We don't barely pay our rent. We're losing all the businesses. Nobody here, nobody here, nobody here. How are we going to sell? The mayor also said the city has been working with the state to appoint a homeless czar to Atlantic City, which Small says will be announced soon. That does it for us tonight. Wishing you all a safe and happy Halloween. But don't forget to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. I'm Raven Santana for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow night. NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association, and by the PSEG Foundation. Have some water. Look at these kids. How are you? What do you see? I see myself. I became an ESL teacher to give my students what I wanted when I came to this country. The opportunity to learn, to dream, to achieve, a chance to belong and to be an American. My name is Julia Toriani Crompton and I'm proud to be an NJEA member.